0: That it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, don't resist the one who is evil. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone sues you to take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If someone demands that you go one mile, go with him. To give to the one who asks from you and do not withhold from the one who would borrow from you. You've heard that it was said, You shall hate your enemy, love your neighbor. But I say to you, Love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, so that you will be children of your father who makes His Son to rise on the just and the unjust and sends rain on the good and the evil. If you love only those who love you, what reward do you have? Don't even the tax collectors do that? If you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Don't even the Gentiles do that? You must be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect. Now those are some of the most Difficult, controversial, radical demands Jesus ever put on the world, and they're real. They're in the Bible. They're in the mouth of Jesus. We should live that way. So I have several questions. I mean, they're my questions. They're not just for you. One is, do we really need to do that? I mean, do, we, do, do Christians have enemies? I mean, we're nice people. I hate to have enemies. second question, that's really complex. What, how do you do that? Aren't there contradictions between those verses? And the third question is, how in the world can you get to the point where your heart really wants to bless, bless, well, just do nice things, bless those who curse you and, and abuse you? So, first question. Are we going to need this command? Jesus said, if they call the master of the house Beelzebul, the devil, me, if they call me the devil, how much more will they malign those of his household? Which means, if Jesus got criticized, how much more you? So if you're a follower of Jesus, it's a given. It's just a given, Jesus said. Paul said, anyone who desires to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. If you don't have any enemies, your godliness is probably not showing very well. Jesus said, woe to you if all men speak well of you. So, yeah, we need this. Christians, and all the more as an American culture collapses around us and we take biblical stands over against worldly stands, all the more will we be maligned. We will be accused of things that just are not so. How will we respond to those adversaries, those naysayers? That's what this command is about, and it says, love your enemies. Second question, what about the complexity of it? I I recited um, Matthew 5, 38 to 42, and 43 to 48. And if you look at those two units, the first one emphasizes give to the one who asks. Just give. Wants to borrow? Give. Go with me one mile? Go with him too. Just give, give, give. The second one emphasizes bless them seek their good, and here's the question, do those two things always cohere? The answer is, they don't. They clearly don't. Which makes me realize, when Jesus is saying, somebody asks you, give. Somebody demands, give. He means that's one crucial, important way of loving your enemy, it's not the only way. Let's just take some illustrations these are real, out of my life. You're dealing with a suicidal person. They call you. It's interesting how many people who are on the brink of taking their lives reach out for help. So you show up. You know where they keep their medicines. You see it there. You take it. You take the medicine bottle that they were contemplating taking. And they say to you, give me my medicine and get out of my house. That's how contradictory people really are. All right? Jesus says, give to him who asks. Hmm. He also says, do good, bless. And now you realize this person in a moment of deep depression and I- irrational thinking about their immediate future are drawing conclusions that will be deeply destructive to them. And you hold the means of saving their life in your hand. And they're asking that you give it up to them. And my answer to that would be, no, you don't give it to them. And you don't leave them either. You don't walk out. They say, leave, and they say, give, and you don't leave, and you don't give because you love them. At that moment, they're treating you like an adversary. They may get mad. They may beat you, slap you, throw something at you, and you won't give it to them. So Jesus is giving us one way of loving when he says, give to him who asks. Or here's another one. Get at the complexity of things in church and elsewhere. You get a babysitter, and you find out the babysitter's been Sexually abusing your children. A week later, while this 14-year-old is being handled in the court system, what you're going to do, that 14-year-old calls you on the phone and says, Would you forgive me? Will you? And the answer is, yes, you will. Jesus said, How often shall we forgive them? Seven times? Seventy times seven. Forgiveness is free and forthcoming. Then they say on the phone, can I have my job back? And the answer is no. Forgiveness and trust are not the same thing. When you have somebody who's been an adversary and has abused your children, you do forgive but you don't trust. Trust is something that is earned over years of faithful obedience. It is not a gift of love. So this is complex, isn't it? Or here's one more illustration. You, are, you want to give to a poor neighbor down the street on welfare, has six kids and don't have a washing machine. It's cold in Minnesota. To go to the laundromat down on Franklin is a huge burden for this mom. You'd like to buy her a $600 washing machine and dryer to boot. So you save and you save. And just when you've got enough to bless her, another person says, Can I have that $600 for a car repair? Give to him who asks. What are you going to do? I don't know what you're going to do. I just know Jesus knew those kinds of perplexities and complexities exist in life. So when he said, give to him who asks, go the extra mile, turn the other cheek, he meant sometimes sometimes. And you must discern what's the loving thing to do. Here's another reality. We live in a world where we not only function as individuals, we function as parents to children. Do you turn the other cheek with a child? Citizens to police. Do police turn the other cheek when they're trying to rescue someone from assault? We have pastors over churches. Does church discipline go out of existence because you're always turning the other cheek? We have employers and employees. And the employee says, give me my wage. I'm not showing up for work. I just want my wage. No, you're fired. Is that love? Yes, it is. You can't run a business and keep people employed. In other words, spheres of life function in terms of earning many times Jesus knows this. He said the laborer deserves his wages. He would not give to the people who worked all day more than a denarius because that's what they agreed on. Jesus knows about these. So, so my second observation about enemy love is that it's very complex. But, but before I close with that last issue about where does it come from, I want to go back to verses 38 to 42. We middle-class wealthy americans That's who I am anyway. We love to get off the hook to give to him who asks. Oh, thank you, John Piper. You just got me off the hook. I don't have to give to him who asks. You know why Jesus said those radical commands, go the extra mile, let a person sue you, give? He really meant that should be your default response. In other words, loving your enemy is meant in the mouth of Jesus to be an illustration, Jesus is my satisfaction. I don't need money. I don't need revenge. I don't need security. I have Jesus. I can display the worth of Jesus to the world by giving to him who asks, by endangering myself to serve you. That should be our default response. You can tell when people are studying this issue. You'll know in in just a few minutes who the people are who are trying to weasel. They're not broken hearted because they're unloving people. They're weaslers. They try to get out of the trap of Jesus' demand that we be changed at the root of our being. Which brings us now to this last question. How are you going to become a person like that? Well, here's idea, biblical idea number one. Romans 5.10. If while we were enemies, if while we were enemies, We were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. How much more will we be saved by His life? God saved you while you were His enemy. You didn't befriend Him before He moved in on you and saved you. So the the root origin of how to love enemies is to experience being loved as an enemy of God. Second thing. In Matthew 5:44 it says love your enemies pray for those who persecute you and you will be sons of your father who loves like that. In other words another motive power is I show myself to be a child of God got the same DNA as my father. That's what Jesus is talking about. Here's a third one. This is really important. One of the reasons it's hard to love our enemies is because it feels like when we're loving our enemies they're getting away with murder. Nobody gets away with murder or anything else. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. If your enemy's hungry, give him something to eat. You see what he's saying? Hand over to God vengeance. Don't think justice won't be done. It will be done. All sins will be punished. Either on the cross for those who repent and you can't improve upon that punishment or in hell for those who don't repent and you can't improve upon that punishment. Don't ever worry that you have to take vengeance into your hand so that right is done. So those are at least three motive powers. And I would close with this one. Blessed are you when men persecute you and revile you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice in that day and be glad for great is your reward in heaven. There is a reward in heaven spectacularly beyond anything you lose on this earth in loving your enemies. So for those four reasons at least, let's do this. Let's show the world. How free we are from vengeance, free we are from the love of money, free we are from the need of security and how much love we have for those who persecute us. So, Father, do this great miracle of creating enemy love in the hearts of your people, I pray through Christ. Amen.